Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo. <laughs> Great. I got all the creaks out before. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have to sneeze at all. It's going to nope. come back, though. It is. So. And I won't have the forethought nor no, the foreknowledge. <laughs> I thought you said the four hot, and I was like, what is the four hot? That's so for hot. <laughs> Speaking of hot. Speaking of hot. Honestly, though, yeah. everyone in this movie was a looker. I At least, like, cute, you know? Like, they were all adorable. I was very... Um, I'm ready. Displeased (laughs) upon looking at Billy and Ed. Those were the two who had just punchable faces because they played into that. But I just constantly was like, I'm going to punch that fucker. So evil Ed and then Billy was the, the, the um, I'm helping out. Yeah. The Redfield. Yeah. Yeah. He did have a punchable face a little yeah. bit. Not gonna lie, loved Evil Ed though. Okay, so he actually no. wanted to interview. I don't know. He wanted to be Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, just so everyone knows, we're talking about Fright Night. Sorry, we got into it. Yeah. Fast. The um, original Fright Night. The original Fright yeah. Night, not the remake. Which I do want to watch the remake though because yes. it looks fucking wild. One of the uh, folks that follow us is on Insta mm-hmm. and has been like super engaged, super yeah. sweet. She was like, "I hope you guys also watch the remake. It's one of my favorites." And oh, I was like, "It has Dan Tennant in it, and my sweet baby angel yes. is in heaven." It has um, literally, we looked it up after we, wa- we watched yeah. this, um, and I'm pumped because the cast looks amazing, and also the movie was fun. I yeah, thought it was good. it was a fun movie. I, you know, have qualms, but who doesn't? Yeah, so, uh, but we're talking about Fright Night, the Fright original, Night. 1985. 1985. Um, <laughs> of course. It had to be something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it was a fun one, a wild one, and mm. I can't wait to talk about it. Yes. Are you ready for a few facts? Yes, I am. Want to drink my coffee? Yeah. Kate Mamie? <laughs> spitefully yeah i usually am uh very stubborn about it so the fact that you just did it anyway is yep. the right move yeah <laughs> i was like i know that you'll just keep saying no so i'm gonna yeah. make you coffee yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> all right so fright night <laughs> fright night was made in 1985 uh it was written and directed by tom holland can't not the one you think of <laughs> can't believe it spider-man is so talented multifaceted. how who knew i am so bad at the names and so like every now and then i'll talk to like your roommate and i'll yeah. be like now tell me was he a spider-man and she's like yes he was a spider-man and he so was a spider-man i saw tom holland and i was like squeeze and so then i every article says tom holland and not the one you're thinking of and then or and no not that one so funny because we watched I watched it with my girlfriend and uh, it popped up and it said directed by Tom Holland she went what and I went this was made in 1985 before he was born I promise it's not the one that you think (laughs) she was like whoa (laughs) I just thought it was so funny um yeah it's written and directed by tom holland not a spider-man not a spider-man i'm so sorry i mean it's not too late um, for him to be a spider-man but he's not no no the, yeah but not, dead, not the one <laughs> that is the spider-man yeah um he also wrote the sequel to psycho mm. um directed longoliers and thinner both uh stephen king novels oh. um also wrote the children's book how to scare a monster he co-wrote it with Dustin Warburton. Huh. So it's Any like he made... relation to Patrick Warburton? <laughs> I literally looked it up. I was like, anybody? No, I don't, I don't uh, think so. But maybe, I don't uh, know. Maybe I just didn't find it. But um, but yeah, so he like did a bunch of horror films and stuff like that. But then he was like, you know, I'm going to write children's books. And I think that's great. 
and it sounds cute. So yeah. uh, read how to scare monsters. Okay. It's cute. I don't know. Uh, the cinematography was okay. Now I, this person, I looked them up. He's from Canada, but his name is J A N. So I don't know if it's Jan or, or Jan, Jan. Jan or Jan or like, I don't Ew. know. Um, Janny boy. Janny boy. Yeah. I'm going to say Jan. Jan Kieser or Kaiser. I'm not Maybe sure. Maybe it's Jan then. Right? Jan That's Kaiser. why I was like, it might be Jan. It might be Jan. So Jan Kaiser or Jen Kaiser. I don't know. But um, he also did uh, Fido, The Christmas Princess, oh. one episode of The Flash, Love at First Kill. Oh. And then he was the director of photography for Scooby-Doo, The Monster Begins, a TV movie. Which I had, hold on. <laughs> I don't even know which one that is. And that's, I know all of the Scoobies. I think that is the one that has, uh, oh God, why can't I think of her name? The, I should know this. It's the one all the lesbians love. Oh, uh, Velma. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's that one. Okay. If you know what I'm talking about, then you know. Yeah. It's the one that, that, that girl that's in, everyone loves her and she's, oh, she's, she's amazing. great. Um, Fuck. Well, I think it's that one. I'm doing it. So, congrats to Jan. <laughs> Velma, Linda Cardellini. No, no. Oh. Linda Cardellini is I love hot her. as fuck. I mean the one that she played it and she was like, did anyone know that Velma was a lesbian before? That, like, it... <sighs> okay. I'm having moments. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, having many moments right on. now. I'm going to just Google gay Velma. Everyone relax. I'm going to say this and everyone's going to be like, yeah, Nikki, you didn't know that. I'm going to say, yeah, guys, I didn't. Sorry. No, not Linda Cardellini. <laughs> stop showing me Linda Cardellini. Or don't, you know, don't stop showing me Linda Cardellini. actually never stop showing yeah. me. Okay? Because everybody. Haley Kyoko. Oh, really? Yes, I'm such an idiot. It's oh, Haley I Kyoko. saw that. And I was like, no, I don't think that she's ever been a Velma. Yes. Okay. I think it's this one. Wow. So yes, she was. She made a joke where she was like, I mean, Velma was gay when I was, but it's fine. Like, <laughs> but now Velma is a lesbian. Woo! Yeah. Um, but yes, Haley Kyoko, I think it's that one. Thanks for coming on that journey with us. Uh-huh. Sorry to all the lesbians that I couldn't remember Haley Kyoko. I feel really bad about it. Um, but the yeah. So he was the <laughs> director of photography for Scooby Doo. The mon- the mystery begins, and also a Christmas story too. Oh, good for him. He's really branching out and doing a lot of weird things. Yeah. A lot more. There were other ones too. Yeah. Um, but those are the ones that were the most recognizable that I was like, yes, I know these. Well, okay. Not most recognizable. I will say, I don't know what um, a Christmas princess or whatever is, but it just sounded funny. It does sound funny. It sounds hallmarky. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the music was by Brad Fidel or Fidel. I'm not sure. Bad with names. Uh, but he also did The Terminator and The Terminator 2, Judgment Day and oh. True Lies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was. He said like he usually does like synthesizer, synthesizer kind of stuff. So I was Ooh, like, oh, that's cool. Okay. Um, are you ready for the budget? Yeah. You might. Do you already know it? Maybe. No, I saw a number for how much it made, but I tried to wipe it from my brain. Well, the budget it did that thing where it's seven two nine point two five million. Yeah. So it was between that. It was the smallest budget that this um that their company had done. It was like the smallest ever. Let me see. It was so funny to me. Because it was so little. I remember seeing something where it's like they put all of their time put, into another movie at put the time. All of their money into a movie that was uh, it was Jamie Lee Curtis and um, uh, John Travolta. The movie Perfect, and they thought it was going to be a blockbuster. They were like, "Oh, this is perfect." They apparently never came to set. 
like they never came to like help or check on anything and they left Tom Holland like completely by himself to be like, guess I'll just do this. Yeah. So good for him. He got what everyone dreams of. Right? I think that's so funny. Yeah. So, so Fright Night was Columbia's lowest budgeted film and they didn't have high expectations for it. Amazing. <laughs> and now it's like a cult classic and yeah. I think that's absolutely incredible. But do you know how much it made? I think, but I'm going to go with what I would have guessed, yeah. not knowing. Yeah. Uh, I know it's a cult classic, but that doesn't ever right. mean it's like successful at the box office. Right. So I would have said like 10 million. And not that far off. It was 24.9. So yeah. like halfway there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Living on a prayer. It did well. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but it, it did well. Like it, people liked it even yeah. when it came out apparently. Yeah. Enough that, yeah, they have absolutely made their money back. So yay. Um, so, uh, now I have just a few fun facts. Nice. Not many. Mostly I just had stuff about you know, the makeup, which you know a little bit about. Um, I will say uh, the quote that I loved the most was when um, he was writing the movie, uh, like Tom Holland, you know, Mm -hmm. not the one to think of. Mm -hmm. When he was writing the movie, he was like, I have this idea, but it just doesn't feel like it's enough to make a movie. He's like, probably not. And then he was like, but like maybe. And then he was talking to somebody and he was like, I have this kid who thinks his neighbor is a vampire. Isn't that so funny? But how do I make it work? And they were like, oh, you should have like a Vincent Price character be the thing that helps him get the vampire and all that. And he described it as Charlie Brewster was the engine, but Peter Vincent is the heart. <laughs> and I was like, that's so cute. That's precious. Because he was like, well, without, he's like, Charlie could have done everything. He's like, but it just wouldn't have worked if we didn't have that Vincent Price character. And I thought that was so cute. <laughs> that is very heartwarming, but it also makes me concerned because um, what creation has a heart and an engine? <laughs> I'm like, is this like a Thomas the Tank Engine type situation? I'm worried. Like, if you, are you not taking care of your car's heart? Oh, fuck. You should be. <gasps> Maybe that's why it wouldn't move last week. Yeah, I was like, you're supposed to check on it. It's like, I didn't feed my owls. I didn't you check on the-, the owls. There's a duck now, too? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. When, when have you been fed? Kate doesn't feed her plastic birds. And it, no. Oh, she's made <laughs> a rage. But check your car's heart. Yeah, okay. Um, your car heart. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Charlie Brewster was the engine, but Peter Vincent was the heart. So cute. Um, and obviously he's based on Vincent Price. Vincent Price, they did ask if he would play the character, um, but he was so, uh, done with being typecast in Um. horror films that he actually said no. But later on, the guy who played, uh, Peter Vincent actually met Vincent Price at a party and Vincent Price was like, I'm very honored that Aww. you did this and you did such a good job and like, it was great. And he was like, that was good. That makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like he was mean or anything. It, he turned it down only because he was like, I can't do another horror film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So now to get to the makeup, a disaster, a fun disaster. A fun disaster. Um, fun that fun everyone has survived not, and been okay. They're good. Everyone's fine. Um, so it was, uh, the head of visual effects was Richard Edlund. Um, they had worked on Ghostbusters and they worked, um, uh, which was good for Fright Night because Ghostbusters had like some makeup issues, but it was also such a big budget. So now they knew how to do everything correctly with a smaller budget and like they could do it fast and do it well because they had just worked on such a huge film that okay. they were like, okay, yeah, like we could do this. Um, so that was great. Uh, <laughs> they made the mistakes when they had the funds to fix them. Right, exactly. Um, so it says, the most excruciating part of the makeup process for the cast was the contact lenses. 
I don't remember what movie we talked about before, but it also had contact lenses. It was probably another vampire flick because that's it, when they tend to do yeah. Salem's Lot, maybe? It may have been Salem's Lot because we talked about the fact that they had to wear them and they could only wear them for like 20 minutes. Yeah. I don't remember what movie, but I knew that that was a thing. But this, the rest of this blew my mind. Um, so they could only wear them for like 20 minutes, but the lenses were hard plastic, uh, which Steve Johnson hand painted, throwing some glitter into the mix, lacquered and then sanded. The cast could only wear them for maximum 20 minutes. They were virtually blind in them and they were very thick and painful and they dried out their eyes. So not great. Uh, a set was made for Stark to wear when he was in his final pursuit of Peter and Charlie, but he kept tripping on the stairs. (laughs) So Holland told him to take one out. <laughs> and then he was able to perform the scene. Uh, three sets were made for Amanda Beers. Beers? Beers? I think. I have no idea. Uh, but one of them caused her agonizing pain, which she initially tried to endure. When it finally became too much to bear, she took the contacts out, and the crew realized they had forgotten to buff them. Oh. So she could still feel basically all of the, all the grit and the glitter oh. and the hard plastic and the paint in her eye. What a nightmare, everybody. Um <laughs> So yeah, she took the contacts out and I, I don't know if they like, I don't know, took time in between, I would assume. To but let her eyes heal. Right? <sighs> Holy shit. God, that um, hurt. Uh, but then uh, Jeffries kept his contacts in for nearly 40 minutes, resulting in scratches on his eyeballs for months afterwards. Jesus. Yeah. So horrible. But now here's some fun ones. Less fun. I mean, sorry, more fun than the eyeball stuff. Uh, for the transformation sequences, they were in the chair for up to eight hours, specifically Sarandon. Uh, so the guy who plays, oh God, what's the- Jerry. Jerry. So the guy who plays Jerry, <laughs> Prince Humperdinck. Um, somebody, he was somebody, in the chair somebody. for eight hours uh, and he was uncomfortable spending that long doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And since he had experience doing makeup, he was like, well, can I just help? So he would like help stipple and stuff when he was in the chair. Um, and he said that <laughs> um, Sarandon has often joked that the rubber fingers caused him difficulties whenever he had to urinate. So costume supervisor Mort Schwartz constantly offered to help him. And I said, I said to Maury, thank you. No, I'll just use a coat hanger. (laughs) So that made me laugh pretty hard is the fact that this guy just kept being like, please let me help you piss. And this man was like, no, I'm okay. I would like something cold, metal, and sharp instead. Thank you. <laughs> I just, it just made me laugh so hard. Amazing. Oh, God. And then the makeup for Evil Ed's wolf transformation took 18 hours. Oh Holy my shit. God. So while he had the wolf head on, the crew began pouring what they thought was, <gasps> what is methacellulose? Okay. Into his mouth to create the illusion of saliva. But when Jeffries began to complain about the taste, Mark... Brian Wilson realized they had been using prosthetic adhesive, which no. was gluing his no. mouth shut. No, no, <laughs> Oh my God. Literally, that's the fact. And then there's no, but don't worry. He's good. <laughs> oh my sorry. God. <laughs> that's a nightmare. God, that's awful. Oh my God. So they were just pouring stuff down his mouth and he was like, that tastes bad. And also my mouth won't open. <laughs> and I'm they betraying. were just like, no worries. <laughs> Later on the set, see, this is why we label. Just someone, like, angrily holding things up. Oh, my God. I hadn't read that one yet, so um, that was fun for both of us. Uh, But, yeah, so those are some fun makeup facts. Some fun. So fun. Fun now. Fun now. We can look back and we can all laugh. Uh Uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. I can't with them gluing his mouth shut. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Yikes. All right. I know what it's time for. Yes. 
All right. <clears throat> a vampire and his good pal move in next to a teenager. And they were roommates? And they were roommates. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I threw you off your group. <laughs> no, I don't want to change it. Okay. I think it's perfect. <laughs> I didn't realize that they were supposed to be, like, gay. Guess I literally didn't know until I read, like, a fact and went, what? Where was I? Was I just not seeing it? Sorry, what? Do you want to guess what nerd quarters about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> but first, we have but to first have a tell me the real. Summary. Yeah, tell me the real summary. Okay, Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. says, "Teenage Charlie Brewster is a horror film junkie, so it's no surprise that when a reclusive new neighbor named Jerry Dandridge moves next door, Brewster becomes convinced he is a vampire." It's also no surprise when nobody believes him. However, after strange events begin to occur, Charlie has no choice but to turn to the only person who could possibly help, washed-up television vampire killer Peter Vincent. That's a good summary. I, I like that one. one. They do spell his name two different ways in that summary. <laughs> well, cover all your bases in case, yep. you know, if you don't know. But like, we're not sure which, so just do both. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Amazing. That was not bad. I liked that. Yeah, I think that's my favorite so far yeah, like, in a while. We had one that we really liked where yeah. it was, like, really short, but, like, good yeah it invited remember, you in. yeah we loved it yeah but that one was good i yeah. like that it didn't give too much you know? yeah it's fun and it also i love how it does say like he is going to get help from this person or seek help from this person mm-hmm. but it doesn't say all of the turmoil in trying to convince that person to help right right and it also like doesn't necessarily say for sure if he's a vampire i like that they're like maybe like things happen but we don't know we don't know (laughs) it'd be really funny if it ended up that he just wasn't yeah he was just like no yeah (laughs) oh that's good i am so excited (laughs) i can't wait for you to tell me what it's gonna be about and then i can tell you the thing i read that made me laugh so hard i bet i already read it but probably you tell me what it's about first okay I thought about covering vampires in Litten film, but I figured I could actually cover that for another vampire flick, right. so I shelved it. I also clocked the prevalence of television screams. Screams? <laughs> well, there were a lot. There were. <laughs> television screens within the film, kind of like in Poltergeist. Yeah. And I thought about diving into that, but ultimately, I want to talk about homoerotic subtext. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this one's for Nikki. So excited. <laughs> I, so the fact that I read that made me laugh so hard, I didn't say it because I didn't know if we were going to talk about mm-hmm. it, was that they didn't know? Until after. Yeah. And he was just like, oh. Yep. There's a part where he's like washing his hand after he gets stabbed through it with the pencil. Yeah. And, and he's like, that's the- And he said like, no, I want you to kneel while you do it. He's like, okay, whatever. Like, and then he watches it and he's like, oh. <laughs> What's so funny is that like at one point, my girlfriend and I literally said, man, they're acting like they might be kind of gay. And then we went, probably not. And just, like, moved on. Yeah. How did we not notice everything else? I have three different points in the movie before even halfway, and I was like, is this queer-coded? Is this queer-coded? I literally... I I don't know how I missed it. Well, it's got a rewatch bonus for me, just because I can't believe I didn't clock how gay it was. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that, so... (laughs) We'll start off with some good, good definitions. Yes. What is subtext? So, direct quote, subtext is the implied unspoken meaning of something in a story. Mm -hmm. Although subtext is frequently thought to be a solely empirical device, it's actually both created and observed. For example, a writer plants an implied hidden meaning into a story. That is from Studio Binder. And I have another description from No Film School. Mm -hmm. Quote, subtext is the content of an idea or feeling that is not highlighted explicitly by the characters, but is implicit or becomes understood by the viewer as the story unfolds. It's what people are really talking about Mm -hmm. when they're actually speaking about something else. So why do we use subtext? Hmm. Lots of reasons. 
So it's a nuanced way of establishing a thematic core or thread. It's generally more compelling to communicate these themes than characters looking at each other and saying, well, I guess we have to adapt to a changing world or we'll become irrelevant. When that was apparently the subtext in Toy Story 3. I don't know. I didn't watch it. <laughs> Regardless. <laughs> it's not as effective to have like chunky dialogue spell out the underlying theme. And it's yeah. not as satisfying if like as a viewer you want to be kind of seeing puzzle pieces and putting them together. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about this with like show don't tell. Yeah. And it's basically like the viewer wants to be challenged. Like the audience uh, wants to have to work a little bit. Right. And so having subtext is a way of making them work for it right. instead of just having people look at each other and say like, I think there's sexual tension between us. And you're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Incredible. So subtext is a way of showing and inviting in as opposed yeah. to everything being stated very explicitly. Mm-hmm. There can also be romantic and or sexual subtext to ramp up the tension or tell a story that wouldn't be released by a studio if it were more explicitly shown. Right. Like in the Hayes Code era, you wouldn't depict queer folks on screen. Right. Hello, queer subtext. Speaking of, have you ever seen Fried Green Tomatoes? Yeah. The lesbians? Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that the, the food fight... Yeah, supposed to be very sexual. Yeah. They were just like, well, there's a sex scene like in the book, but we can't do that. They'll have a food fight. Mm hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember telling one of my friends, I was like, yeah, that's that's like based off like a lesbian story. And mm-hmm. she was like, how? And I was like, well, the food fight, obviously. And she's what like, wait, what? How? <laughs> Even without that, I'd be like, no, they're gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yep. But yeah, sorry, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. Made I need to rewatch that because I haven't it's seen it in the last so decade. It's so good. Okay. So. Subtext can also help people navigate or take advantage of sociopolitical tensions. Yeah. So are you trying to do something subversive but need it to pass under the radar mm-hmm. of censors? Do you want to make a statement while still being able to deflect any attacks by saying it's never explicitly said and if you read into it, that's on you, boo. Right. So subtext can help yeah. you do that. Being like, who, me? Say that. What? Who wouldn't? But <laughs> no, but maybe. <laughs> There's more to subtext than yeah. that. But I just want to look a nice little primer to get us started. Now we're going to add in an adjective. Let's go homoerotic. Yeah, baby! <laughs> it's pretty oh. straightforward. Please can't uh, It's an adjective, and it's defined as, quote, of concerning or arousing sexual desire for a person of one's own sex. Thank you, mm-hmm. dictionary.com. Thanks, dictionary. Yep. Uh, there's some concerns I have with the definition. Just overall, I think it's too simplistic, and it doesn't right. really recognize the differences between sex and gender. Yeah. And it's just like, homoerotic feels kind of like a dated word. Yeah. Where it's a ve- it now only reaches a very narrow section. I feel like the only times I hear it are like, jokingly. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so at this point forward, I'm just going to say queer subtext yeah. as like an umbrella term. Uh, and in this specific film, the subtext is arguably coded as gay. So like Jerry and Billy, Charlie and maybe Ed, or just Ed struggling with Charlie right. cluelessly bumbling along, unrelated and oblivious to sexual tension. But I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. <laughs> Why would we be looking at queer subtext in this film specifically? Mm-hmm. Well, it came out in 1985. Mm-hmm. And God, we've talked about the 80s so much. We fucking love the 80s. We fucking Damn. love the 80s. <laughs> uh, and this is when I've been thinking about maybe, maybe doing some context compilations. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, hey, do you want a quick background for this time period or slashers or a trope? But yeah. for now, to respect both folks that have not listened to any previous episodes and folks that have listened to every Ding Ding one, I'm going to do a quick summary of some shit from the 80s. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> and to talk about... <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> Uh, to talk about the 80s, I have to first talk about the 70s, of course. Oh. Yeah. So, 
The 70s were fraught with cultural, political, and global tensions. These all overlap, of course, but I want to make it clear how many different things were stressing people out or creating friction in societies. So we had the tail end of the radical and countercultural movements. 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 The Watergate scandal, the Vietnam War, oil embargoes, and alarmingly high inflation. Wild how much we got to talk about Watergate. Yeah. Because of the omen. Yeah. (laughs) Right? I was like, why why do I know more about Watergate than I ever have in my life? Because we watch the omen. (laughs) You know how it goes. Obviously. (laughs) Uh, If the 60s were characterized by idealism, the 70s could be said to be a feeling of falling back to earth. Ronald Reagan was the president for most of the 80s and championed conservatism and traditional values. So we had this like pendulum swing of like idealism of the 60s. Shit got rough in the 70s. And then they tried to like come back strong in the 80s as the pendulum swung back toward prosperity. Right. But prosperity for who? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, MTV also came onto the scene and consumerism was the way of the world. As we've talked about before, pop culture and politics had some tension. Uh, pop stars were sensual and pushing the envelope and politicians were shouting out the importance of modesty and the nuclear family. But that wasn't all. Mm-mm. There was also the emergence of AIDS. Oh, I know. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was so excited that one time. You were. You thought it was going to be leg warmers. I was like, oh, like fashion? And you were like, it's AIDS. Yeah. I went, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. The first New York Times news story about AIDS read in 1981 with the headline, Rare Cancer Seen in 41 Homosexuals. This, of course, kicked off homophobic and sexphobic backlash and lots of new slurs and offensive phrases like gay cancer. Yeah. Uh, The political context of the time was brutal for queer folks and people with AIDS. And if you listen to the conservative voices, you'd hear about the sin of homosexuality and premarital sex. You might even hear them talk about how it's proof of God's punishment for those aforementioned sins. Oh, God. So this is the 80s. Yeah. (laughs) All of this tension is happening in one decade in which this movie falls squarely in the middle of. So in the midst of an emerging illness and the cultural anxieties and inequalities attached to it, there is a choice to be made in studios. I mean, lots of choices everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) But we're talking about film. So what stories can you sell to a studio? What stories can that studio sell to audiences? Will you make your money back? How do you ensure you have a future career? Uh, We've talked about queer baiting with Jennifer's body, but there's another side. You want to tell a story but can't. So it has to be subtext. And of course, this is not to say that subtext and queer baiting can't like aren't mutually exclusive yeah uh, i also don't want to assign like a moral value to subtext <clears throat> it can be problematic yeah uh, it can be the way <laughs> that marginalized communities share truths about their experience it can be just another level of enjoyment it's not inherently good right. or bad so how do we see queer subtext within fright night <laughs> well <laughs> well if you're me you don't <laughs> so that's the first thing <laughs> From the beginning of hearing about Jerry, Charlie's mom makes a joke about the living carpenter, Billy. I don't know why I did parentheses there. Air quotes. What are you doing? I have it in parentheses, but I did air quotes. I don't know why I did that. Uh, Billy. Billy. (laughs) You know. Man. So she makes a joke about it and says, with my luck, he's gay. So she is introducing the thread of thought into the film. And she's also not saying it as inherently a stigmatizing thing. Right. It's more of just like, man, I want to bone this person. It'd really suck if he doesn't like vagina. Right. Uh, so that is kind of like, the, to me, the start of where right. that thread is at least verbalized. And then at least three times in the film, Evil makes some comment about Charlie saying either fruit or fruitcake or some variation. Oh, yeah. And that, as we know, is a derogatory way mm-hmm. to refer to gay men. And there's a moment on the stairs where Jerry rests his arms on Billy's shoulder. Yeah, he does. Kind of like draping himself over him. And I had a flashback to the same moment in Scream. And the meme, <laughs> do you the think they've explored each other's bodies? Each other's bodies? <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, what is this... Put them side by side. 
yeah, have to see I'm gonna it. Do it. I must. Yes, I'm going to do but it. Yeah, it was so... That was the moment that my girlfriend and I both went, gay? gay? <laughs> we are like, maybe? Maybe? <laughs> it was so cute, though. He's just like... <laughs> I love it. So there are several axes of queer subtext. Uh, the gossip around Jerry and Billy and their physical closeness to each other. Then mm-hmm. Evil's taunting of Charlie. Like, when he says, did she find out what you really like? Like, there's just a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, so these paths cross when Evil's in the alleyway, cornered by Jerry, and Jerry says, I know what it's like being different. They'll never mock you or beat you up ever again. Just give me your hand, basically. Jerry, coded as queer, extending mm-hmm. a hand literally and figuratively to Evil, who has spent a fair portion of his screen time making homophobic jeers at Charlie. Yeah. But here we see that Evil's taunting of Charlie could be covering his insecurities of his own queerness, <sighs> maybe even a crush on Charlie. To be clear... The internalized homophobia plotline is not something I'm into. Or no. to be queer. The internalized... <laughs> to be queer. <laughs> to be queer. Uh, I'm not... Like, internalized homophobia as, like, an impetus for violence is, like, not and it's, a thread it, that... I think it's a bad... Homophobia <laughs> uh, is bad. It's, like, it's tired. It's tired, done. yeah. You've done it so much. When people say that, like, vitriolic and violent anti-queer rhetoric is just that person trying to cover up their own queerness, it's problematic. Right. And it's tired. Right. As it's you like, said. We're not saying it doesn't happen. No. I'm sure it does. But it... We get it. And it also like starts to pathologize queerness in a way that I'm just really not yeah, interested in. <laughs> I know. Like I just don't like it. Right. <laughs> uh, so this also casts the villains as queer folks, closeted or not. And that's really common in film, the coding of villains as members of a marginalized yeah. group in society, like the way that anti-Semitic tropes are used for Disney villains. Woo! Yeah. Uh, however, there's also another character coded as gay in this film, Peter Vincent. Oh! Yeah. So it's kind of a known secret in Hollywood that Roddy uh-huh. McDowell, who played him, yeah. uh, was gay. The articles I found were like, he never officially came out and was like discreet, but it was yeah. kind of known by everyone. Yeah. It's like that open secret of Hollywood. One article said that he threw some of the best gay beach parties. I did not see that, art- that anywhere else to be. Oh, God. I want that to be true. And I honestly, be true. his personality for some reason makes me think, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I would go to that guy's gay beach party. I, I would too. I, I would pay to go to this gay invited. beach party. <laughs> I wouldn't be invited, but no. It'd be fun. It'd be a blast. Uh, but it was just kind of known by everyone. He right. never formally came out. So Peter Vincent is never explicitly defined any which way mm-hmm. regarding sexual or romantic attraction. But generally the vibe is that he's an older queer yeah. man. Uh, and he has character growth over the course of the film, from trying to latch onto his TV show and disregarding anyone else, mm-hmm. to the end where he actively walks into danger to help these kids that yeah. he's known for a few days. Aww. And the final showdown is Peter Vincent versus Jerry, two queer-coded characters. Mm-hmm. A gay on the side of good and evil. <laughs> so for the 80s, this was groundbreaking. Yeah. To even hint at a queer couple at all was considered progressive, even if most of the queer folks in the movie lean toward chaotic evil. Right. This is obviously not the only film in the 80s to have hefty queer subtext. Mm-hmm. Hello, Lost Boys? Is that the 90s? Oh I don't know God. when Lost Boys is. Uh, no, I think that is. Okay. If it's not 80s, it's definitely early 90s. Yeah. But I think it's I thought 80s. based on the hair and the makeup, it had to oh, be 80s. <laughs> pretty sure. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I've been wanting to. Oh, gay! <laughs> we were going to watch it for Simul Watch, and we haven't yet. Oh, you're right. Yeah. It absolutely is 80s too, duh, because the characters that are in it. Oh, duh. Yeah. But yes. Um, oh my God. Yeah. You've never seen two men get closer and do nothing. They're just like, the, they speak like this. Yeah. Just like right next to each other. It is so funny. Mm. That movie's funny. I bet. Ooh. So I wanted to just set that foundation now for mm-hmm. the way that they coded characters as queer, yeah. the way that queer subtext operates, especially in the context of like 
political turmoil and societal tension and a emerging illness. So right. that's society. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> so gay. <laughs> so gay. We love gay here. And we love gay. And I just, I could go through like scene by scene and say right. like all these things. One of the funniest things that was not actually intended by the writer and uh, happened was Sarandon, uh, the guy that plays Jerry. Yeah. He was like, well, see, he's a vampire, so he would have a lot of fruit bat DNA. Lots of bats eat fruit. And so that's why he always had fruit. But every- I wondered why he always had an apple. But he didn't know that there was queer coding. And then the director wasn't the one that made the fruit decision. And so then it just compounded. And, and he's so-, so fucking funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Not only is that funny on the, the whole like subtext thing, yeah. but that's also just funny in general to be like, the fruit bat? oh, he's a fruit bat. And he's just like, I'm apples. And I'm like, but you drink blood. <laughs> he said it was a palate cleanser after the blood. <laughs> okay. That's so fucking funny. I know. <sighs> I can't wait to talk about this. Um, oh, okay. Let me first say, so like I watched this movie, um, I can't remember what day, but I watched it like Wednesday mm-hmm. or something, right? And my girlfriend came over and she was like, okay, well, I'm going to stay over, fix your car. My car is broken. And then she was like, I know you have to watch that movie. I'm just going to play my game because I don't like scary movies. And I was like, that's, that's hardly scary. <laughs> so, and I told her, I was like, it's not really scary. And she goes, I know, but I don't like gore or anything like that. And she's like, I just, I'll play my game. I'm like, whatever. So I turn it on and she's like kind of like looking and she's like, that's kind of good. And then she like just kept watching and I went you can play your game if you want she's like I will I will she watched the entire movie never even opened her her game and she was just like oh movie was good and I was like I told you yes I was like I know you're gonna like this I told her it was like a classic 80s horror comedy type thing and she was like it might be good yeah she loved it Yep. yep she was literally looking stuff up you know her. She yeah. when she can't watch a horror movie, she likes to look up the synopsis so she can know what it's about without having to be scared. Yeah. So she was already doing that during and looking up facts, and then she was looking up the actors, and then she she wouldn't stop. It was all night. She was like, "Did you know this? Did you know this?" <laughs> Amazing. She was looking up sequels. She's pumped. So can't wait till she's on the Mummy, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I I loved it, and it was great, and we had a fun time. And watching it with someone was very fun. We always talk about watching a movie by yourself and then with someone and the difference. Yes. And I was like, it was weird watching it with someone. Yeah. And like, I don't know, getting to enjoy it. And I was like, this one's fun. Yes. <laughs> so I recommend it. Um, but are you ready for some notes? I didn't yes. take like too many, but I, I loved it. Mine were vaguely unhinged. As yeah. They mine have. were just like, what? <laughs> mine are like one word stuff because I was just like, cool. <laughs> um, I also forgot that his name was... Brewster, like his last name. Oh, yeah. And then I went, Evil says, oh, you're so cool, Brewster. What does that even mean? <laughs> and then I went, his last name. <laughs> it was too far. I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. do it. Um, also, I, I don't know what she shoves in his face at the restaurant. when she's, Poppy Joe. It looks delicious. Oh. That's what I wrote. I, I had mean. the opposite emotion, <laughs> but I also hate Sloppy Joes. See, so. that's like my favorite. Oh no, they've always repulsed me. Elmer even said, she goes, I think that's a, a Sloppy Joe. And yeah. I went, I want it. <laughs> I it maybe it was just hungry. It looks like I had mustard on it, yeah. which doesn't make sense to me. You never, have you ever seen a, oh, it's called a garbage plate. Have you ever heard of that? It's a thing in New York specifically. I think specifically a, like a part of New York. Or maybe New Jersey. But either way, it's called Garbage Plate, where it's basically like Sloppy Joe on bread with like a burger and a hot dog and ketchup and mustard and like 
Yeah, it's, it's why it's called a garbage okay. plate. Huh. If you ever watched Jenna Marvel's one time, yeah. did a video about her her boyfriend making her her favorite meal, which is a garbage plate. And they made her a vegan one. And she's like, it's horrible. Like, <laughs> I love that. So that's what it looked like to me. Okay. But it looks delicious and I wanted it. Um, Charlie is a cutie. Amy is also a cutie. I loved everybody. Everyone that popped up. I was like, this is a little cutie. Amy also looks like she's 30. <laughs> she yeah. Was, I think the actress was 27 at so the time. So she was older. Yeah. And I was like, as soon as she was there, I was like, you can put her in like pigtails and overalls all you want but she is much older than that actor <laughs> i will say though it's kind of nice that they made her a little older knowing that she had to yes. be with uh, when the dancing came up i was like dear god if there was ever a minor cast in that role yeah. i would have rioted exactly and that's why i was like i just want to say from the standpoint of uh this being from the 80s yes and thinking about shows now that's honestly pretty uh impressive yeah because we still have shows like Never Have I Ever. The it's a show on Netflix. The main girl is genuinely seventeen or eighteen years old, mm. and her love interest that he is also in high school, supposed to be her age. He's played by someone who's twenty nine. Ooh, and that's like a thing that just still happens. I don't like that. Yeah, it happens pretty constantly. Like that's just normal. The mm. guys are always whatever age they want to be, yeah. and the girls are always the age they're supposed yeah. to be. And I don't want it to sound like oh she's old, she's gross. To me, no. it was weird because she's making out with a child, right? <laughs> How old was he? I don't know how old he He might have actually been 18, but like the way that they look, I was just like, right. I can tell that she, there is an age gap here. Right. She definitely looked older, but be, but like now having watched it and knowing all the scenes that she does with um, Jerry, Sorry, yeah. pretty great that they made her older and I'm very yes. happy for it because honestly, usually they don't care. Yeah. I was very happy when, okay, sorry, William Ragsdale. <laughs> Um, he was born in 61, so he was 24. Okay. Oh, he was much older. Okay, he was older than I thought he was. I so just, I rescind the feeling, but I was just like, is this no. a moment where they have, like, someone that's twice the age of a teenager right. playing that role? But that, and like, so clearly that was a thing that they just had going on, that all the teenagers seemed to be played by, like, adults. Where it's but like that's Greece. good, though. <sighs> yeah. yeah, right, where they all look like they were in their 40s. Yeah. But I was pleasantly surprised with how old everybody was, because... It still happens today where mm-hmm. they'll be like, this character is 16 and the guy is like 45 and you're like, oh, so uh, good on you, Tom Holland and the casting, yeah. casting director. Like, thank God. Yes. <laughs> um, also, my next note was just, it's Prince Humperdinck. Prince Humperdinck. I love Prince Humperdinck. I had that in my notes where I was like, that's the guy from Princess Bride. And if I'm wrong, then I said nothing. Right. I almost said the same <laughs> thing. I was like, look, it's him. And then I went. Unless it's not. <laughs> I already said it so confidently that I was like, oh my God. I need you to tell me if I'm way off base on something. Um, Peter Vincent okay. looks like an old Matt Smith. Oh my God. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> no, he does. Okay. Because I had moments I, mean, I was like, mm-hmm. Matt Smith definitely has a very um, distinct face. Mm-hmm. But from certain angles, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. No, because I can see that. Every now and then, like I would freeze frame it and I was like, that looks like Matt Smith. <laughs> No, I, I, I get that. Absolutely. Um, also, to get to the uh, lighting, because... Ooh. Oh, my phone just... There we go. My phone turned off, and I was like, but I need those. <laughs> um, the, the, they had a lot of, like, really good red lighting, Ooh. but not, like, overly red. So, I'm trying to think. So, like, when we had American Werewolf in London, it would mm. be very, like, specific red items. Um, and then in some movies, it would just be, like, straight up red this was just like a nice hint every now and then like a haze and i was like oh that's so nice 
it was like sinister, but still, you know, your little, your little normal downtown diner, like when they were in the diner and stuff and like, they would just have little hints and I'd be like, oh, that's good. Mm. Um, I just thought it was so nice and it was very subtle. Their lighting was great. It was either very subtle and natural or so extreme. And I was, I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, I wrote, who is this evil guy? He's so strange. (laughs) And, uh, that's a fair assessment, I think. Uh huh. I did love him though. I you hated him. I hated hated him him. so much. I I loved how weird he was. Like, I I mean this in like an acting standpoint. That guy's a freak. Like he was so good at just being like, "Ah," like when he was vamping out on the bed and said, "Dinner is in the oven." I was like, okay, I think that was masterful. Like I think his scene was like unhinged in a great way. But when he was a human, he pissed me off to no end. Yeah, when he was a human, he was like so weird and like we kept saying we're like this guy is just so weird but then he becomes the vampire and all of a sudden all the things that made him like weird made him a perfect sinister like little vampire yes and i was like this was amazing this was amazing casting i thought because i was like watching him thinking god this guy's weird i just i don't understand him i don't get him then he becomes a vampire and all of a sudden i'm like oh okay you make sense now to me. Yes. <laughs> so I thought it was so cool that they didn't make him change who he was from being a vampire to being a, a normal kid. They were just like, you're just a freak, man. And yeah. he sure was. Yeah. Oh, his mouth was huge, which made it so perfect. Like, I again, I will say, I don't usually, this is one thing I feel like we don't often get to talk about, but the casting in this was so good. Yeah. Everybody was perfect. Yeah. I mean, Prince Humperdinck, my man, he was the perfect, like, little 80s heartthrob. He wasn't yeah. unbelievably hot mm-hmm. that I would look at him and be like, why are you here? But he was like, oh, that's a very handsome man. He had that quality where you look at him and you're like, yeah. And then you just keep looking and you keep looking and yes. you're like, why am I in a trance right it now? It was literally that. Even, like, Elmarie kept watching this. My lesbian girlfriend kept watching going, what a handsome man. <gasps> and I was like, I know. Yeah. He's so handsome. And then, like, Charlie, too. Charlie was the perfect, like, yeah. he's not a heartthrob, but he's not, like, a nerd. He was just this kid. Average kid. And and it was so great. And then he has this friend, Evil, who's so strange. And it's so fun because, like, he doesn't really fit in with these two, with um, uh, Charlie and Amy. Amy. But he, but he's there. And you're just kind of like, okay, you're very weird. But then they pick on him and it kind of makes sense. You're like, the dynamic is that you pick on him. Is he really your friend? I don't get it. Yeah. But they, sometimes there are friendships like that with teens. And yeah. I thought it was so yeah nice to like explore that. To be like, you're relying on this kid, but you're so mean to him. Yep. And he's kind of mean to you too. Like, yeah. He took eight whole dollars from you. Eight whole dollars? I was like, inflation has not gotten us far enough where that was a I good know. amount to receive. Like, <laughs> I thought I was like, really? Eight? Okay. Eight? Okay. <laughs> um, but also, not just the casting. The casting's incredible. I thought everyone just was good. Like, and not over the top. Like, Billy. Oh, he's so great. He was supposed to be funnier. Or, I mean, not funnier. He was supposed to be played very, like, straight, like, oh. ironically straight. <laughs> but he was supposed to be very, like, uh, here's what we need to do. But then yeah. the guy came in for his audition and he was like, it would be so um, obvious to the police if I was serious and evil. And he's like, but if I was just a funny guy next door, they wouldn't suspect him. So that's what he did at his audition Amazing. and they ended up loving it. Oh, They ended up loving it so much that they basically they were like, yes, you have the part. But he was one of the first ones to audition yeah. and it took months for the filming to start. So he thought he lost the part. <laughs> so he oh. was like, I lost the part. 
And they also wanted him to be buff. Yeah. Sort of. Because um, he's a bodyguard, basically. They yeah. wanted him to be, like, strong. And he's a carpenter. Yeah. So he, But he was very, like, kind of lanky when he auditioned. So he had padding. He wore extra clothes. Oh, my God. Um, and he said, when I thought I lost the part, he went and he worked out and just got real buff. So that way, in case he didn't lose the part, he would be, like, really strong. I just want to hug him. I know. <laughs> so he showed up and he was like, I didn't lose the part. And he's just buff as hell now. <laughs> um, so he was great. Like, <sighs> I just I can't. The costume, the costumes, Kate. <laughs> All those sweaters that they had Humperdinck in, plush as hell. Plush. And like, they went, they did such a good job of making him, again, look like this guy next door, sweater wearing hot dad, you know? Yeah. But then he would put on this like long red like coat or whatever. And you were like, who are you? Uh-huh. Oh, so good. Yeah. I just, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> don't even know how to describe it he did have a long red coat right he had a long coat i don't remember the color i, I there was some kind of red thing the only reason it reminded me is because it reminded me of like the inside of a coffin oh so i was like oh it's so cool that he had this like long yeah. like luxurious thing and i was like oh, it's like your coffin it was so good and everyone else obviously just had their normal like these are my 80s clothes yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah, and that dress that she gets when she transforms to the vampire. Oh, my God. Sick as hell. She had fake tits for that. Did she really? Yeah. I wondered. I was like, your boobs look I was like, big and nice, so. They look much larger than previous, not complaining. Um, <laughs> I know. I was like, <laughs> if anything, a bonus, but. Yeah. But no, she apparently would take her fake tits to cons and be like, touch my boobs. <laughs> Stop it. That's so funny. Oh, my God. There's also a part. This is a, a side note. I just noticed it. it was like, I have to mention it before I forget. When he throws that gold purse yeah. and he just goes, huh, and he catches it like that. There were so many good moments like that where they would like do these fast cuts and you could tell that it was clearly like happening in reverse or whatever. But I didn't care. Yeah. Because it was so funny. <laughs> they had a great moment where they like went like zoomed in on the closet and it like twisted or something and then he like flew out. So good. Yeah. It was, it was just, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, the closet opening behind him. That moment was so good. Damn. Um, the music, also great. I don't know if you liked it, but I, I enjoyed it. it. Yeah? Yeah. There was a moment where I was like, oh, fuck, I like this chase music. It's so weird. Like, <laughs> and like in the club, I liked the music. Yeah. yeah. There was a really great moment where he was, I don't know if he was like tracking down someone or something, but every time he would make a movement, the synthesizer thing would like start and be like, sing. And it wasn't music. It was just sound effects that would mm-hmm. happen every time, like, he moved. And I was like, that's so scary. Amazing. I know. I was like, you really just pinpointed his actions with that sound. And it was good. Yeah. Um, makeup's kind of sick. No more sexy vampires. I love that. I Every time they did that, I was like, oh, that's the Buffy face. Because to me, it's always yeah. been tied to Buffy. Like, that was the first vampire right. movie that I consumed that was, like, not animation. And so every time I've seen that, I've been like, oh, like the Buffy face. Yeah. And then this time I was like, well, Buffy came after. <laughs> so, so hold on. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was just so good. It was nice that they weren't like, you know, sexy. I feel like with vampires, you always get like, oh, they're sexy. I've been watching a lot of Supernatural. So the vampires in that are just overly like, we're so sexy. Mm-hmm. And this, they were like grotesque, wild monsters. Having trouble and I talking like, around their fangs. Yeah. <laughs> Evil's mouth was so full of teeth. It wasn't just the two fangs. It was like a mouth full of teeth. Uh-huh. And then he transforms into a wolf. And you're like, what the fuck is that? Amazing. There were no rules for these vampires. No. There were some, but not really. I just loved it. I thought yeah. that was so neat. 
Um, I'm trying to get my notes again. How do I keep losing them? Just getting them right here. The zoom in on the window when he was on the phone is so good. Did you remember that? Yes. When he's like talking on the phone or something, and he's like, everything's okay. And it just like zooms in on the window and he's on the phone too. Like, is it though? Yup. Yup. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> this movie had incredible zoom ins. Yeah. Some things do it cheesy, but some did it so right in this one too. There's like a POV where Jerry's like running on the roof and then he's a bat and then like it jiggles down. And I'm like, Ooh. It was so good. He does another one where he's like getting defeated, right? And he's like turning into a bat so he can like get away. And you see him like fly around and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden he's in the shadows and you can't see what's happening. And then a bat comes out instead. And it was mm-hmm. so good. Loved it. This movie had... Um, so many silhouettes as well, which Ooh. was so good and interesting. Yeah. It reminded me of uh, like Nosferatu. I haven't seen so it yet. I don't know if that was supposed to be like a callback to like classic vampire films, but in a lot of the vampire films, you know, Nosferatu, that famous picture with the shadow. Yeah. Just reminded me of that. He would show up and you would just see Jerry's outline with these like sick lights behind him. Oh, it, it, it would happen so often. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Keep doing that. Um. That's mostly it. I just was obsessed with the cast and the lighting and just the way it was acted. So good. Nothing was too over the top. Everyone was so good. I don't know. It was exactly the over the top that I enjoy. Kind of like pulpy. It's just like, I like kind of like dramatic movies from the 80s. It was almost like they knew what they were making. Well, apparently they did. Mm -hmm. Like Tom Holland apparently had that meeting with, I can't remember his name. The guy who played Jerry. Uh, Sarandon. Yeah. So he had a meeting with him because he was like, this is a first time director. I don't know him. I want to get a feel for this movie before I say yes. Mm -hmm. And apparently when they sat down, Tom Holland had every scene ready. He knew how he wanted to film it. He knew word for word what would happen, beat for beat. And he described it to Sarandon and he went, it's ready to be made. He was like, you could make this right now. So that's why he said yes. Amazing. He had absolute faith in him. And he was like, you know what you want to make? And... I'm ready. That makes me so happy. Me too. Like, that's why I think it's so good. There was never confusion. There was never like, oh, maybe we should make it more like this. Like, it was just, he knew it was going to be funny and he knew it was going to be, I don't know, great. Love it. <laughs> just love it. Yeah. Uh, um, My notes. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. My first one is, that's the squeakiest kiss I ever did hear. And it's, it was like, <laughs> it was that. <laughs> Because it's, yes, yes, because it's when they're watching the Vincent Price or the Peter Vincent, I, okay, the entire time I had just already filled in Vincent Price. And yeah. so instead of Peter Vincent, I would write VP for Vincent Price, but that's not But his, it's fair enough. I yeah. mean, it's based on him and Peter Cushing, apparently. Yes, Don't know who Peter Cushing is. But Another horror guy, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's when they're watching like the old movie yeah. while they're making out. But I was like, that is the squeakiest kiss that it ever was existed. So squeaky. That when I was watching it, I kept leaning over and going, I bet it's going to be him like kissing a poster or kissing something that's like, I thought they were going to make him a nerd. Yeah. Because nothing had happened yet. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I bet they're going to make him this nerd who can't get girls because he's always watching horror he's movies. kissing a basketball. Yeah. And then when there was a real human woman, I went, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, why you kiss like that? Yep. <laughs> Uh, there was a podcast I was listening to and I think it was Hayward Riddle and I think it was JPC that said it. And it was like, 
he had like kissed his wife Mariah or something yeah. and like a child nearby said you know that humans don't actually need to make noises when they kiss you choose to do that <laughs> he got fucking roasted and it just like changed <laughs> you choose to do that <laughs> now I'm gonna be really sensitive I know every time I kiss I'm gonna go like is that quiet enough if i've misattributed that where i heard that i apologize but like it changed my life when i heard it and i was like oh it freaks me out when there isn't noise though one time she kissed my head like like on the side and it was so silent Mm -hmm. that i was like i felt that but nothing happened was like (laughs) kate can see it you guys couldn't but it was truly just a mouth going and opening and closing and it was creepy i was like at least make the so i know yep 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 (laughs) i can't believe that we're choosing to do that (laughs) But now I know why. Because if they don't make noise, it's freaky. Yep. You kind of get Ooh. somewhere between like the dust and squeaky. Yeah. <laughs> the dust. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that sound to come out of you. <laughs> oh my god. Oh uh, god. Same scene a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, she was like, oh, there's a coffin. And she's like, oh, there are tits. And he's like, no, I need the bins. And so then she's just like, fuck it. Because <laughs> oh, she's trying to get some. And I he's know. trying to watch the neighbor. I laughed so hard when she was like, Charlie, I'm ready. And she's so dramatic. Yep. And then he's like, what? Yep. <laughs> she was so prepared. Yep. Uh, and then why does Amy only ever wear overalls? I was like, I support it. I have a lot of I pairs of overalls. Girl, I'm on board. But I'm just like, but do you have a reason? <laughs> it's like, do you have anything else? <laughs> Uh, and then I have just a series of lines. I believe in vampires. That's nice. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. And this is not unique to this film, but it just, sorry, I had to go back up. Cracks me up when it happens because they ask a question and then they don't answer it with a different statement. And he's like, you don't believe me, do you? I love you, Charlie. And to me, that's... I love when they do that. It's like the same as we're out of turnips, aren't we? I love you, Charlie. (laughs) And it always uh, cracks me up because it's supposed to be like, oh, you sweet, dumb ass. Right? No, I don't believe you. It's like, I don't, but I don't want to say that to you uh-huh. because you're already so on edge. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I have obviously my notes as I'm like watching and trying to like yeah. capture what's happening so I can go back and contextualize it later. And what I have is Charlie stabs the vampire with the pencil through the hand. Jerry's like, well, now this is the worst. Well, now. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually very dramatic. <laughs> He looked like he was ending. He did. He was like, ah. Yep. I was like, I think you're going to be okay, my man. Yep. Uh, and then they go next door to pull an orgy of the damned because, yeah. yeah, but I kept typing orgy of the damaged and I was like, I've been called out. <laughs> orgy of the damaged. <laughs> Yikes. I know. Uh, and then that's the guy from Princess Bride. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Let's see. Jerry makes too much eye contact with a minor and then kisses her hand. He's <laughs> like, I hate this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he chooses to make that sound. He chooses. He's doing that on purpose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't remember the context of this. Oh, okay. It's when uh, they do the drinking of holy water, but it's yeah. not really holy water. And then Charlie's like, but wait. And my note is Charlie is like, make him touch my pocket cross. Do it. <laughs> and so then pocket cross just came back pocket up because cross. everyone has, you know. Everyone has their little pocket yeah. cross just in case, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and then we jump like way ahead to the dance club. Because, Love that dance club. That was uh, way too sexy. <laughs> yeah. So the way he is zigzagging back and forth across the dance floor, just like, 
Not making that, eye contact. But did you notice that some of the women would like touch him? No. Oh, that was like, he would like walk and he wouldn't even look at them. And some women would like drape their like arms on his shoulders and down his arm. And he wouldn't even care. He would just keep walking. And it blew my mind. I was like, stop it. <laughs> I was like, you're too handsome. There are times where I'm watching a scene and I can see the parody version of the scene. Right. And it would be him like walking, like very like knees <laughs> up and just like Hello? constant eye contact. Like, <laughs> this way it was so good so that's what i picture when i replay the scene in my head it's much less sexy oh god um and then while they're dancing i had to i had to look up to make sure that they she was not a minor right like the actress because because the scene made me very uncomfortable oh yeah and i think that's the point yeah but like i wanted to make sure it would make me uncomfortable because of what's happening in the movie and not in real life yes (laughs) uh but like they're dancing and he's like he moves her hands like over his ass his and then butt. he grabs hers and he dips her and like goes for the neck and she's like, this is too fresh. Ass is on the table but neck is off limits. And I'm just like, I mean, set she your was boundaries. Like, Relax. <laughs> I have standards. Yeah. Uh, Peter Vincent watches the fog roll off the Jerry's house. Uh, man, the fog juice budget must have been hefty. 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 The fog yep. in this was great though. Oh, used it excellent so well. fog. I love Loved the way it. it like forcefully rolled in. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, boom. <laughs> I'm a fan of fog. What can I say? Uh, and then so far, like they say, like we just have to keep trusting that the movies haven't lied. And I was like, well, that's nice. And right. we just have to keep hoping and kill Jerry Bear before dawn. Um, well, Jerry Bear. <laughs> I called him that just from that point on. Jerry Bear. Jerry Bear. And then this is when they shoot Billy on the stairs. And he falls down. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we got him. And then Woo! he rises behind them. Oh, I them. love when they just Yep. And then they just keep shooting him. And he falls, but like starts walking back up, and yeah. his arms were outstretched like it was for uppies. He's like, <laughs> "Help me, help!" <laughs> and then Charlie stabs him in the heart with a DIY stake. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Sometimes you gotta uh, make your own. Yeah, if you can't get store bought, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. Um, I was I couldn't think of specific words, so something <laughs> happened. Uh, Billy Boy starts dripping green slime and falling apart, yep, melting, yep. the process of finger bones falling, like oh, his finger bones and disarticulated. Like, bleep, bleep, bleep. Then he turns to dust. It looks kind of like sawdust. And then it steams. So it's like he steams, there's goo, then sawdust, then smoking skeleton. And I was like, what face of grief is goo? And it's not even grief. I was what trying to say. grief is goo? I was trying to say, what face of decomposition? <laughs> just, no, it's grief. Yeah. You know, there's acceptance. You turn into a pile of goo for a little yep. bit, then anger. And then sawdust. And then sawdust and then acceptance. Yep. <laughs> I can't. I want a shirt that just has all the stages and then it's just a pile of goo and then it goes... <laughs> I'm sorry. That just really fucking got me. So, uh, that was my... That's beautiful. Struggle. Yeah. Uh, then some more balls to the walls flog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flog. 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 And then how flexible was that vampire deadline? Because it's dawn. And I was like, before dawn? On or after? Like, they really were like, we have to get him at some point. Yep. (laughs) I was like, how flexible is your timetable? Because, like, it might be too late for Amy. Right? Yeah. Um, and I had a moment where it's like when she's like early vampire yeah. and it's just like, oh, that's a super easy Halloween costume, like white gown, wig, some fangs. And then she like monsters out with her right? face. It's like, maybe not the easy costume maybe that I assumed. Maybe it's tough now. Maybe it's harder than <laughs> I, I thought it would we've be. made it harder. Uh, and that is my last note. God, it's beautiful. 
That, oh my God, those were good. Thank you. Your notes are always just so fucking beautiful. Mine are always like one word because I have to focus and I'm like, I wish I could write more. And then you're over here like, what stage of grief is good? <laughs> yes, that's how eloquent I am. <laughs> you're beautiful. You're perfect. I love the way your mind works. I must paint you. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, yeah, I loved it. I loved all of the like wild fucking transformations. Mm-hmm. I thought they were great. I thought, like you said, they're over the top, the yeah. right amount. When he just fucking melts incredible i all of those were practical effects too oh. everything was practical and so it's like i would read a whole book about how would, they did like I would practical read, effects this movie was just incredible their effects were so good there was a part i think it is when he turned into a, a bat like after they've got him a little mm-hmm. bit like cornered and he like swoops and then turns in i remember looking at him and goes that looked fucking good for the 80s or just in general like yeah. i remember being like this is good for the 80s but but I kind of just think it looks good. Yeah. Whoever did it, good on you. It was fucking so good. Yeah. Because, like, we love watching ones from the 80s that are like, okay. Yeah. Sure. Like, I mean, you know, I love it. I love Gremlins. There are moments in Gremlins where I'm like, <gasps> okay. Okay. <laughs> Hell yeah. You, yeah, I love it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you know, you're like, that looks so cheesy. It's so good. But in this, I was like, that looks, I think that just looks good. I had, like, a crisis. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, I want to make fun of it, but it's just good. Yeah. So, incredible. Amazing. I I think that's all my notes, honestly. Yeah. I just loved casting, the lighting, the, the everything. I mean, yes, the qualms with a lot of stuff. But also, I think in the notes I read, he did specifically want the storyline to be him hitting on, like, a minor. Yeah. And he was like, I wanted that uncomfortable, like... Yeah. He's like, it villainizes him even more and not just because he's a vampire. Like, that sucks. Yeah. And it, because it, what, it was supposed to be like, what, it looked like his long lost love. Yeah. We find out, whatever. And it's like, right, but. <laughs> Which I also have a question about because yeah. uh, the way he discards her, he's like, okay, well, I got to like bang my long lost love, turn right. her into a vampire. Now I'm done with her. Right. He like just let her go where he's like, oh, you might want to stake before dawn. He just leaves her. It's almost and it's like, like it wasn't a long lost love. And it was, just, it was just a thing that he never got to do. Yeah. And he wanted to check it off his list and then say, okay, well, I never got to turn her. So now I've turned her and I know I don't give a shit anymore. I like, I like how shitty they make him. Like he's really just a shitty guy. Yeah. It's not even that like he's a vampire. Some of the shitty things he does has nothing to do with him being a vampire. He just sucks. Yeah. But I love it. Yeah. I love it. He's just like, okay, I did it. Thanks. Bye. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. she's like, hello, (laughs) I'm, I'm this now. I don't know. I thought it was great. The writing, everything. Tom Holland. You, Spider-Man, you nailed it. Yep. Good job, Spider-Man. Good <laughs> on you. Thank you, Spider-Man. Yep. So I'm, I'm ready for moment. Scariest Moment. Okay. It's hard to choose it's because hard. it's not like scary. Right. But I have mine just have in mine terms well. of like what is... I took yours last time, so I think you should go first. <laughs> I forgot we had the same one. Um, mine is when he's in the, the closet. Is yeah. It the same one. That was my second. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just think it looked the best. Like, mm-hmm. there are moments, obviously, where I was like, this is fucking dope. But that one freaked me out because, like, the closet opens and it's so dark. And then he just slowly comes out. And they showed him behind him for so long before he realizes. And I love that shit. Yep. I love it. It's, like, funny if you want to do it funny. But then it's also terrifying if you want to do it, you know... It, it's got layers. Yes. It's a little horror onion. I love that. A little horror onion. A horror onion. Mm. So, you know, they did it well. They did it well with keeping it genuinely scary, but then they can make it kind of funny because obviously it's a comedy. 
Yeah. I just liked it. That was my second because yeah. I love the way they use negative space. Yes. It reminded me very much of Halloween that- where he appears in the doorway behind her. We were watching this and Elmer goes, this reminds me of something. And she kept trying to say it. And then she went, Halloween. And I went, yes. Yes. Because I, like, I didn't want to say it for her. I was like. I think you You'll I think you mean there. Halloween, but I was like, I'm not going to say it in case that's not it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, Halloween. I was like, fuck yeah. yeah. I was like, because I want to make sure I was right. Because yeah. it reminded me too, but I was like, I don't want to say it in case I'm wrong. <laughs> but no, it was so good. Amazing. Uh, mine is, I mentioned it earlier, but I uh-huh. kind of just glossed over yeah. this part. It's when they shoot Billy for the first time yeah. and he falls down the stairs and they're like, haha, we got this. And they have their back turned and he rises. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Hoo. It was so unsettling. It's like, I knew it would happen, but it was also still just like, Hoo. So that's oh. my scariest moment. That's so good. May I say, I think that um, the groans from the vampires are so funny. Yeah. But also scary. They're they're good because they're, uh, they're like kind of goofy. But also, it's like, I don't know, maybe they would make that noise if you're that scared. Every time he, like, shied away from the cross, I was like, <gasps> you're like a scared cat. Just, like, like, like just go, <laughs> and just groan. And I was like, yeah, man, yeah. sometimes you got to get away from yeah. that pocket cross. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Amazing. <laughs> Throps? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Uh, so the first one we've had before is faux affably evil mm-hmm. and it's where like he comes across as very charming to the oh, mother yeah. but there's also that undercurrent of like menace within it and he's right. like you wouldn't want your friends to get hurt anymore would right. you and so like he is affable in appearance to other people but he's not yeah. actually kind <laughs> like when he was like your mom invited me in I can mm-hmm. come anytime now and his mom's like yeah you can and she's like I just want to double down you're welcome anytime, anytime. day or night and <laughs> And that was a Gilligan cut. Charlie's like, she's like, fuck. That was a Gilligan cut, which is another uh, trope. So like a Gilligan cut. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're familiar with it, even if like the people don't know the word or the trope name. Right. But it's where, oh man, I'm sure glad that we remembered our anchor. And then they're like in the middle of the ocean, we don't have an anchor. So it's like (laughs) that like quick cut of like juxtaposing the, yeah. So good. Um, So it was like, well, as long as he's not been invited in, you're fine. I invited in this vampire. Yeah. Uh, becoming the mask. Yeah. So this can go a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. It can be like you pretend to be something so long that you become that and it's right. like negative. Yeah. But it can also be positive where it's like, I will pretend to be a vampire hunter and then Until eventually- I am one. Yep. Uh, <laughs> then we have bookends. Yeah. So it starts off with a makeout scene in his bedroom, mm-hmm. ends with a makeout scene in his bedroom. Love it. Yeah. Uh, broken pedestal. So Ed uh, oh, had yeah. like idolized Peter Vincent. Yeah. And so did um, Charlie. Yeah. And Ed, when he's like fighting, uh, I don't know what to call him because I'm like, I in my notes, I have him as VP. That's not, that's Vincent Price. <laughs> PV. PV, which sounds like HPV, which I don't, I know, I'm sorry. Well. <laughs> well. Good old PV. Good old PV. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I also taught sex ed for my students, and PV could also be penis and vagina to talk about penetrative sex. This man can't <laughs> catch a break. He can't. Um, so, the vampire killer movie star. Yeah. <laughs> uh, these two kids like idolized him. Yeah. They thought he was so cool, and then he's like, "No, I will take this young girl's savings bond and get the fuck out as soon as I'm actually in danger here." Yeah. And um, so it's like that broken pedestal. Uh, clap your hands if you believe. Tinkerbell's wormhole comes back. <laughs> She's back. She's back. But it's the uh, pocket cross will only work if you have true faith that right. it will work. Uh, Contralto of danger. I don't remember what that is. Hold on. <laughs> oh, no. I just truly don't remember. Oh, 
Okay, okay. <laughs> Perfect. And I was like, it has to do with like pitch, volume, tone, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, that is when Amy has like that very high pitched, like girly voice when she's yeah. a human mm-hmm. and a teen. Right. And then when she becomes a vampire, it's pitched like, lower. Oh. And she's like, oh, do you not love me? Like, whatever. Yeah. It's deeper and sensuous and oh, vampire. Yeah. Uh, crying wolf Mm -hmm. uh this is basically uh so when ed is in the alley and he pretends to have been attacked to play a trick on charlie yeah then the next time when he he actually is being chased right and charlie's like we gotta go and she's like do you want to be a fool again like i mocked you last time with him i'll do Do it again do this again (laughs) she's like i'll laugh at you again (laughs) not afraid not afraid uh, danger with a deadline. So this is oh, the like yeah. before dawn, but mm-hmm. the dawn's flexible, right? They're yeah. dawn, I more guess. or less dawn. Uh, the end, or is it? We've had oh, that before. I love the end. Enemy rising behind. Love that genre savvy because it's very right. much like they are horror fans. Yeah. Uh, Gorn, where it's just like over the top. Gorn is usually. I feel like this one is not exactly fitting because Gorn is usually like the excessive but not to, like, the humorous level. I don't know. I need to, like, explore that This one one's again. tough, too, because it is, like, supernatural, too, because the yeah. only people who really get, like, hurt are, like, the goo with Billy and then, like, you know, his hand, and you don't really see blood and stuff too much from... Yes. You get a little bit from Ed. Yeah, so Gorn usually refers to things like Saw. And, oh, okay. That's, um, I was going to say. It's a portmanteau of gore and porn. And right. it's extreme, sadistic, over-the-top, bloody violence. And to me, this was just squicky. Yeah. It wasn't was... about, like, sadistic violence. No, this was more, like, supernatural yeah. things just happening yeah. that are gross. Gorn is like, you watch someone's body be torn in half Yeah, whereas slowly. this was, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Different. Um, but Inertial impalement. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's when someone is impaled by virtue of them running into the right. object so it's ed when he's fighting with <sighs> pv yeah our good man pv our good man pv and uh the banister breaks yeah. and ed falls on it and then tumbles onto the chandelier <sighs> and then falls to the ground and it, it also happened in um tucker and dale versus evil yeah when yep, the kid yep. runs into the branch like, yeah oh no yeah That's so a it's a pretty common trope right yeah can be a lot in comedy like horror comedies yeah um, named after somebody famous, right. good old PV, a neck lift. That's when you lift someone by their yep, neck. Yep. Yep. Police are useless. Love yep. it. Uh, and then I have just a series that are like very classic vampire tropes yeah. or like often pulled into vampire tropes. The first one is what I wanted to save kind of for yeah. a later nerd corner. And it's, does this remind you of anything? Okay. And so that can be used sometimes to allude to like sexual assault or, like some sort of very dark thing, but they're not going to show that. Right. So then they'll have something to be like, this is a violation of this sort. Yeah. So in this case, it was basically alluding to like, this is a queer kid and he right. is mocked and he's closeted and like he is, you know, tormented by society. Right. And in this case, it's just like, he's a little fucking weirdo and like, I can make sure I'll never prick on you again because you'll be a vampire. Right. But does this remind you of anything can also be a lot deeper than even that with vampires because the history of how vampires have been portrayed and arisen out of like um lore and uh like literature and stuff they can also be representing like violation of bodily autonomy it can be about disease like there are just a lot of ways that vampires can be utilized and like 
express different types of anxieties. And so vampires are ripe for that. Right. <laughs> Lots of symbolism here. <laughs> um, and then game face, that's the Buffy face. Yeah. So okay. they put on their game face. I love that. Glowing eyes of doom. Love it. Yep. Uh, must be invited. Love that too. Pivotal wake up. And that's when they go from zero to 90. <laughs> Just immediately. Yeah. Uh, reincarnation romance. Oh, yeah. Okay. The Renfield. Right. And the Renfield for anyone that's not like super hip on vampire stuff. <laughs> the Renfield is the usually human counterpart and like helper to vampire. Right. It's like, don't worry, I'll bring you victims. Uh, and then vampires are sex gods. Yeah, that's the last one. I'm yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so like, just absolutely packed with tropes. And so many of them were like self-aware because it's like... They are kids that love horror films. Right. And they're relying on horror films to let them survive this, like, real right. life experience. So, just a lot of tropes. But right. those are my favorites. Those are great. Thank you. Dang, I love it. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I liked it so much. Um, qualms, obviously, I mean, yeah. it's from the 80s. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was still good. I would say my biggest qualm was that, like, it was a minor. Yeah. But that's also the point of it. And the yeah. fact that the actors are older makes me feel so much better yeah. about it. Because I'm like, you can make that a plot point as long as the actors are safe. The actors are safe and not actually having to go through that. Yeah. Because a lot of places just, places, a lot of movies just don't. Yeah. So I will say, good on that, yeah. at least. I think before, like, okay, <laughs> lots of places. Uh, there was a lot of the derogatory derogatory terms yeah. for, like, queerness. And I was like, I hate that. I hate that. Right. But then, like, as it went, I was like, this is queer-coded. Oh, okay. Yeah. I still don't like it. Right. But I understand that it's not the director, like, ha having this not, character be his mouthpiece. Right. It's like, okay, this is the character acting out yeah. in this way to do this thing. It's more plot driven yeah. like it's meant to be yeah. part of the story instead of just bullshit that's being thrown in because yeah. at the time it's cool to say that yeah like in jennifer's body where Ugh. she like says really horrible like homophobic yeah. things and it has absolutely nothing to do with anything yeah it's not even really that much about her character no whereas this was like these are your characters this makes sense yeah. like we talked about it. it's a tired trope it's, yeah. it's annoying but it's part of the story it wasn't like a cheap shot to like a marginalized group it yeah. was about the plot and like the characters. Like, that was part of it. So yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. Two of my biggest qualms were part of the story, I would say, yeah. at least. So I was like, not forgiven, but yeah. certainly understood. <laughs> I I think my outstanding qualm, like, yeah. the biggest one is um, Charlie at the beginning, where he and Amy are, like, making oh, out. Oh, that part pissed me off. And he keeps feeling her up, and she said, stop. And he keeps feeling her up, and she's like, I said, stop. And then right. he's like, what? We're never going to have to, like, right. we've been going together for so long. And I was like, no. <laughs> that part pissed me off. I remember in the beginning, I was like, oh, Charlie. And then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, too little, too late, Charlie. Too late. And then she said, well, it's my fault, too. And I was like, oh. don't let her say that. Oh, because it's not her thing. fault. And we're like, no, it's not. It's he's not her fault. <laughs> no. We were so. I was that's so why mad. I was so happy she becomes a vampire and gets to, you know, almost kill him. Yeah. Because I was like, you go, girl. <laughs> Just a little girl bit. Girl power. I was like, you do it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. Uh, and everyone's white. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I think. Except the cop. Yeah, well. Yeah. Which <laughs> is, like, immediately, like, what, what murdered or... Oh, and the bouncers murdered, who but... are attacked. Yeah. And bodily harmed. Yeah. 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 So, there's yeah. that one. <laughs> so, uh, lots of whiteness. <laughs> yeah. So, movie's not free of sin. No. I will say I'm 
pleasantly surprised with how old the actors are. Yeah. I keep coming back to it, but I'm truly baffled. Yeah. It's, it's the fact that it still happens today. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Good job, 1985. <laughs> and I want to formally apologize for my complaining about her age in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> she does look much older, but... But that's like... Because to me, it was only weird because he looked young. And she looked... But he was actually only three years younger than her, like the actor. And so now I'm like, okay, now is this internalized misogyny of me saying like women must look young? And so now I have to unpack that. I will say too, though, like in the 80s, the style that women had back then did age them. Like the hair and everything. Mm. We look at that now and it's a very like mom hairstyle. But like in the 80s, that was just hip and cool. Yeah. So that... Also, I was not helping. So, because <laughs> I remember looking at her hair and going, what's going on here? But then when she has her long hair, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, so, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also can't tell ages, so. No, I cannot. I'm so I bad I simply it. refuse at this point to try. My roommate makes fun of me because I'll say like, oh, this person's probably like this. And she'll be like, you are like two decades off. Yeah. And I'll be like, what? <laughs> I, I just can't do it. kind of default to everyone is my age plus or minus three same. years and less proven otherwise. Literally same. And like, I really can't tell. Nope. Ooh, it's just, weird. I don't try anymore. No. Because it's embarrassing for of, everyone. Yeah. Everyone's like, no one has close. a fun time. <laughs> you and I would probably agree then on yes, things. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. Um, uh, did you understand the context of the video that I sent you after I sent it to you? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> With his butt? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> it's so dumb but um basically in the scene where ed and uh vincent peter vincent yeah our boy are, yeah our VP. boy uh-huh. not vp no. sorry pv pv my bad not vice president sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh where now there's a fully nude ed on the ground tastefully away from right. the camera so you didn't see clock a dick didn't clock a dick no. no not like an american werewolf in london no um and PV pulls the stake out of his chest and Ed's body kind of like moves with the stake being pulled right. out. He's supposed to be dead. Like in that moment, our assumption is that he's dead. But right. as he turns, his butt clenches. <laughs> I was like, it shouldn't <laughs> if he is dead. And so I sent it to you. I love the thinking about it now. You're kind of like, was that our hint? <laughs> At the end, you hear Ed laugh and his eyes glow, which yeah. is such a good moment. Yeah. And his laugh is so good and iconic. Yep. You're so cool, Brewster. You're so cool, Brewster. And I'm like, oh my God, I love you. Yeah. But his butt clenches. And I'm like, maybe that was supposed to be a clue. Maybe it was the director was like, clench your butt. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> it's subtle. They're going to love this. I just, I kept being like, ah. he's, like <laughs> he's like, I feel so creepy, but I need you to look at this. And the little thumbnail was just his butt. And I was like, Kate, what is this? I know. (laughs) So that was great. Um, Now I have a new rating scale. It is undead butt clenches. Oh, okay. Because it was going to be pocket cross. Pocket cross. Pocket cross or undead undead butt Butt clenches. I can't say it. (laughs) I keep going, undead butt clenches. Butt. Undead butt clenches. (laughs) That should be a new thing for newscasters to do yeah. to warm up. Yeah. Undead butt clenches. She sells seashells. Undead butt clenches. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> okay. Which, what, what, what are you feeling? What are you feeling? No. You, what are you feeling? Um, Trust your butt clench. What? <laughs> what do you like? I feel like I'm being led towards the bunt clench. <laughs> <laughs> that was a low blow. <laughs> I like them both. Okay. Uh... 
a pocket cross saves the day. Yeah. A butt clench leads you to, to it's sequel bait. It's sequel bait. Okay, undead butt clench. Oligana. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. I've got mine. I, I think. I think I have mine. I'm having a hard time. I think I just have to follow my heart. Okay. And I'm ready. I'm ready. It's okay. I'm sorry the if I didn't count I... down. I skipped counting down and That's I apologize. Okay. The okay. only reason I went so... Oh, should I go first? Yes. I went high, guys. I gave it a full five. Yeah. But listen, hear me out. <laughs> it was just so fun. And I will say, I got to watch it with someone else. So yeah. that has influenced it a little bit. Okay. I'm going to tell you why mine was lower okay. initially because it goes along with that. Yeah. Because like I got to watch it with someone else. We had such a fun time watching it. And it just surprised us, I think, because mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting it to be so funny and so oh, self-aware. Like, it's very aware. And I also getting to read that he knew what he wanted and from the very beginning and was like, I know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And they really took a chance on him, too, because, like, he hadn't directed anything before. Yeah. So they were like, sure, we'll let you do it because you wrote a bunch of stuff that we love. And so you can probably direct. And then he did. And it... Nice. It was so good. And I don't know. I gave it five. Okay. I just, five undead butt, butt clenches because I had such a fun time. I just, it's goofy. Have you seen my big fat Greek wedding? No. Oh, okay. Then my bunt joke doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, there's a part where like this very white Protestant family yeah. comes to deliver a bunt cake to like a huge Greek family yeah. gathering and they like hand it to him and they're like, why is there a hole in the middle? And they're like, it's a bunt cake. And she's like, butt cake? And she's like, bunt, bunt. And they're like, okay. And so they come okay. back later and they put a plant in the middle. <laughs> she's like, fixed it. I fixed it. That's incredible. So anyway, that's why every time I hear bunt, I'm like, bunt. Bunt. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so initially I had three and a half, but then yeah. I saw yours. It was like, nah, I was off. Um, I went high. I went, I followed my heart. Yeah. Um, you followed your butt. Followed and, my butt. uh, I gave four now. Yeah. Four undead butt clenches. Yeah. Because I watched it alone and there were a few times when I wrote in my notes, really, we're only a third of the way through <laughs> because it felt like it was longer. It, it or did. like the prolonged chase fight, chase fight, chase fight. Yeah. It went on a while. It does. And so it's like, I feel like this pacing would be more fun if I was watching with someone. Yes. And so to me, like it, I can definitely see it being like a hoot and a half watching with someone else because Absolutely. I enjoyed the shit out of this movie. Yeah. But sometimes I felt like it was long, even though it ran less than an hour and a half or like right, right around an hour and a half for maybe. I think it's, Maybe an hour forty, but it's, it's an hour forty. I think. Okay, I knew it was like plus or minus ten. Yeah, on the so it's 90. not like it's yeah. overly long, but yeah, like it's one of those movies where I mean, the plot is gotta get him. So there's yeah. gonna be a lot of just chasing and trying to catch him, and I don't know. I but I having someone in between to be like, oh, that was so funny, and yeah. you can kind of talk during it. It just made it fun. Yeah. So so it's like one that I'll definitely watch again like yeah. with another person highly recommend yeah. it it was it was just a blast and we don't usually get to watch these with people yeah so this was like a little treat yeah because I wasn't going to she wasn't going to watch it yeah but then it was so intriguing it was so goofy from the very beginning that she was like well, I'll watch it yeah. <laughs> nice and so this is also a ringing endorsement if you don't like horror movies oh yeah watch it because yeah. she hates them I just want to say she does not like them at all and she had a blast like she's Amazing. already like can we watch the remake can we watch the sequel and I was like hell yeah so, good okay, one. exciting. So that's yeah. a total of nine undead butt clenches. Yeah, Whew. nice. Which is that's good. It's good for your glutes. Yeah, I was like, yeah. goodness. Even undead, gotta exercise those glutes always. Yep. So that wraps up our discussion. I think so, all right. 
Uh, if you enjoyed your time with us, we would really appreciate if you'd rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps other people find our show. And it's just really cool to hear what you say. Love reading them. Yeah. Someone said that we keep them uh, company at work. And I was like, Aww. that warms my whole heart. That. My entire heart. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Just Cool With It. And every week we'll post the movie for the week, mm-hmm. as well as the out of context quote. I wonder what we could possibly I use. Who knows? I know my favorite. These <laughs> are oh, the stages of grief. Of course it is. That was so funny. Oh, no. <laughs> that killed me. <laughs> it's like shit. <sighs> um, yeah, so check it out. Uh, I run the Instagram, Nikki runs the Twitter, so you get very different flavors yeah. on those. I will say, Twitter's kind of burning to the ground, so I'm doing my best, but uh, no goodness. One can, yeah. we, Twitter was just like, <laughs> crashing, so yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm doing my best. The Instagram's hopping, though. <laughs> it's good stuff. <laughs> I'm doing my it's best. It's better, it's better. <laughs> Uh, you can also check out our extended show notes on our website. Mm-hmm. I feel like I said show nights. You can check out so. our You said notes. You okay. said notes. Okay. And if not, eh. <laughs> then you're wrong and I did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can check them out on our website, justgoalwithitpod.com, or maybe even take a look at our Patreon at patreon.com slash This was a patron pick. This was a patron pick. This was the one where you did like the random number yeah. thing. Yeah. So this was fun. We just, we have a huge long list of movies and I just had them pick numbers. I was like, all right, everyone pick just a random number. First four people to respond. I'll choose those. And then we did and had them vote and they chose some great ones. It was like two movies with the word night in them and then two with like siblings yeah, in them. Yep. And we were like, weird. Two X night, two X sibling. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And it was great. And like, then they got to vote. And it was yeah. movies that we probably wouldn't have picked. No. And they were really different from each other. Yeah. Because usually we try to be like, okay, so we're doing this theme. We'll try to choose this movie. Yeah. And instead, we were like, whatever. Fuck it. So they picked it. Thank you. This one was great, I by loved the way. It. <laughs> we had so much fun. Oh, so happy. Yeah. And if you join our Patreon, you can help us do that in the future. Yeah. Or you can watch Nikki play Alien Isolation. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm not struggling, so... You made it through two different scenes yesterday. I'm really proud of myself. That's a so lot. so fucking hard. The game is so hard, you guys. It's very hard. But it's fun. Join our Patreon. You can watch me do that. I get very upset. <laughs> I get very upset. <laughs> and when we're not watching Nikki play games well, you can watch me not play scary games well. <laughs> it's so funny because a, a noise will happen and Kate will just go, no. And I'm like, Kate, I think you need to, to further the plot. And you go, I won't. <laughs> yeah. And I love it so much. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's good. So that's what some of our Patreon yeah, offerings are. Good stuff. Uh, and we'd like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons Yay. Kim, Kelly, Nehart, Will, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Kayla, Meg, Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, Janice, Brian, Justin, Ada. Woo! Oh, they're so sweet. We so love sweet. them. Love them very, 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 very much. <sighs> the intro and outro music was created by Anthony Rocazella. The cover art is by our very own Nikki Solomon. You're so cool, Brewster. No! <laughs> start saying that Kate the way you looked at me I was like what I was like I'm ready and I wanted to do it in his voice but then I was like I might scare her I was gonna be like you're so cool Brewster and then I was like maybe ease into it yeah 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 (laughs) test the waters just gotta dip my toe into the Uh Brewster (laughs) you never dip your toe into the Brewster (laughs) you shouldn't there's one thing you've gotta know about Brewster you've gotta know about Brewster (laughs) I can't
Which I had. Hold on. 